All right, we're uh, going to go back to the beginning and see some of the contrast of how it fits into today's world, how we're seeing the same things from the fall of man to now, how we're still falling. And uh, we're going to look at some of the things we've looked at before in the past about our feelings, about how they control us, how they, they manipulate what we do, and what we should do about it. So uh, if you would, let's turn to um, Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more subtle of any beast of the field and made the Lord God had, had made, and said unto the woman, Ye God has said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, That we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall I touch it, ye shall ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, That ye shall surely not die. For God doeth know that in the day they eat of it, ye shall eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So we see the serpent, and if we read forward in the Word of God, we know that the serpent does not have man's best interest in heart. In fact, the serpent i.e. the devil, is the enemy of man. Because man is God's creation and Satan despises everything that God does. And just because we are the sons and daughters of God, that we are God's creation, Satan has a problem with us. Now look at that right there. Through nothing that we did, Nothing that we had control over. We have an entity that has a problem with us because of someone that we are associated with. More so, Satan has his agenda. He wants to destroy man. And what do we do when we have an agenda? What do we do when we want to change the thoughts of other people. We want to make it sound as appealing as possible. We want to make it sound good. We want to make it sound like we are gaining everything. You know, if someone's trying to sell you something, they don't talk about how much it's going to cost you with all that interest. They don't want to talk about how many years it's going to be financed. They don't talk about how big the payment's going to be or how much that's going to affect you. They talk about all the good things, all the things that it can do for you, how much it's going to better your life. They, they show you these illusions. They show you an easy monthly payment. They break it down and tell you something. It's as simple as a cup of coffee a day. But they don't show you how many dollars them cup of coffees add up to when they want you to buy something. They just show you the good parts of it. And not always are these good things truthful. 
Isn't it funny how if something is whispered in your ear and it sounds appealing. Here we are. We see the woman. And she, she, uh, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasing to the eyes and the tree desired to make your wise and eat of the fruit of the tree and she did eat and gave it to her husband with her and he did eat as well. You know, so many things look good. Have we ever seen a meal and it looks wonderful but we bite into it? You take a lemon on a tree it's a nice looking fruit, but if you bite into it, it's sour on the inside. You take a piece of sour candy and it looks enticing, but when you bite into it, it makes your mouth pucker because of the intense sour flavor. A jalapeno pepper, it looks like something that would be pleasant. It's smooth, it's green, but when you bite into it and the juices overtake your tongue, it burns. And we do this. We listen. There is so many things coming at us. I say, you know, we should block out as much of the world as possible because we... Look at things like the news, the newspapers, the, the, the things that come in, and we see all the negative, 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 negative. And what we take in is how we, we process, what we put back out. We take in all this negativity, and pretty soon we start feeling depressed. We get sad. We get angry about the state that the, the world is in. Our feelings are ruffled. And you know, everything that we do... Is controlled by feelings. When someone causes us harm, we get our feelings hurt. We become sad. We also become angry. And we talked about revenge a few weeks back. If these feelings start to fester and mature and grow, we start dwelling on it and doing things we wouldn't normally do and doing things that's not pleasing unto God. We take these things in, and we all are selfish. Selfishness is the worst of all the feelings, because we want to do things that make us feel good. We want to prevent things that make us not feel good. We are trying to feed our feeling of happiness. And we see, as things go on, people are not caring about the ramifications of what that might cause. How far are we willing to go for our own happiness? Are we willing to tear down others, dismiss others, hurt others? Is that what it's all about? You know, we take... Jesus, he put up with a lot. And I'm a very, a very visual person. And uh, as I read, my mind paints a picture. And oftentimes I think about what had to go through his mind. And I think about how I would react if I was 
in his place. You know, when every time that he was mocked and he was put down and he was mistreated. This is the son of God. This is God in the flesh here on earth. Nothing was a threat to him. Nothing. And he didn't have to put up with any of it. He could have stood up and took down any person that came against him. He could have put him in his place. He could have showed him at any time that he was God Almighty. But yet he showed restraint. Because that, that is a selfish act to want to show your power. To want to get back at someone else. Jesus tells us to turn the other cheek. He tells us to give your cloak as well. That's the real power. Because it wouldn't have changed anything. It wouldn't have made people bow down to him to come to him out of their own free will. They would have came out of fear. They would have came out of sheer threat of the power. Power does not have to be showed. Power can be used through respect. We see so much selfishness. If someone doesn't think the way we think they, we, they should think, they're not on the same page as us, if they're not for a certain movement, if they're not for the situation, then what do we do? We attack. We see the violence. We see a show of power. We see threat. We see harm. You're not changing minds. You're not changing the situation. You're making people react to fear. We've talked about fear before. Fear is nothing but an illusion. True change comes from within. True change comes from the heart. Change comes because of a want. Because of a seen need to change. And change can only happen through Jesus. Through that guidance. Through that light. God told Adam, he said, everything else is yours. Everything else. Just leave this one thing alone. And it's not for me. God told him, it's not for me. It's for you. It's for your benefit. I am trying to protect you. Leave this one tree alone. Everything else is yours. Every one of your needs is taken care of. Everything you need is right here. You have no need of this tree. No need of that fruit. No need of it. But yet that idea was put 
and to their heads. We see so many people today that's being blindly led. Blindly led. Someone steps up and presents an idea, and it sounds good. So they jump on the bandwagon and never bother to look and see what they're actually doing. We see people out in the streets and they're protesting. We see children out there, young children, and they're protesting. They're holding up signs. They're yelling and chanting and wanting these different things and wanting these changes to take place and have no idea what they're talking about. They don't have the facts. All they have is these miscommunications that's been put out there that sound good, but there's no sound doctrine. The Pharisees was telling people that they were the all-knowing, that they was the only way, that the only way that you could be saved from the wrath of God was to listen and do exactly what they said. And if it hadn't been for Jesus coming along, Jesus the truth and spreading the truth, then that way of thinking would have kept going right along. They would have kept being controlled and kept being given their money away and kept being underneath that oppression all because of a lack of proof. A lack of the truth. We talked about hard work last week. Fact is, it's easier to go along with the masses. Just to be a follower. Just to blindly follow. Than it is to do the research. It is to see what you're truly following. That's why we have so many different types of religions today. Because people don't know the truth. They don't know what this word says. They don't know what God has to say to each and every one of us. They have not taken the time to learn. They don't want to. They want to go in there and find what verses they can twist around to fit what they want to do. It's not about what God wants, it's what everyone else wants. We have preachers now that will stand up before a congregation and will carefully edit what they say because they're afraid of hurting someone's feelings. They're afraid of possibly driving someone away. It is my duty to tell you the truth. It is my duty to stand before you and tell you exactly what God wants you to hear. Feelings are going to get hurt. No matter what the situation is, feelings are going to get hurt because we cannot cater to each and every person. 
I don't always like what God has to, to tell me. Because sometimes it is hard. It is hard to change. It is hard to do. But God always has each and every one of our best interest and heart. And it's hard, but it's better. There's this ideal that everything is supposed to be easy. These younger generations are wanting a world where they're just taken care of. There's no drive. There's no desire. Nobody wants to, to work hard anymore. Nobody wants to have success and to seed. They talk about things like privilege. And it doesn't matter what your race, what your ethnicity, what your gender, what your background is. For each and every one of these categories, there can be a success story and there can be a story of failure. There could be a millionaire and there could be a homeless person and each and every one of these things. Because sometimes circumstances go wrong. You can be on top of the world one moment and at the bottom of the gutter the next. But many times, it's our own doing. There's been people that's had nothing. That has had absolutely nothing. No education, no finances, no background, nothing. And through hard work and determination has rose up and done incredible things and made a spot in the world for themselves. And on the flip side, there has been people that has been handed everything, every opportunity, and they didn't use it wisely. And it all went away. And there's a lot of us right down the middle that's not willing to step out in faith. That's not willing to partner with God. That's not willing to step up, to work hard, to dedicate themselves to their craft. Because it's real easy to make excuses. It's real easy to make excuses. And if you can't come up for one for your own, somebody else is going to give you one. Satan's going to give you one. We talked about last week about dieting and how hard that is. And that's why all of us are fat. That all of us have the capability. All we have to do is eat right and exercise. But we don't do it because it's hard. It's hard to turn away that good food. It's hard to get out there and exercise. It's hard. So we don't do it. And it's the same thing with conquering life. Anyone can be successful, but you got to want it. You got to work for it. It's hard. That's why when you see someone in business as being successful, you have people that try to copy them. To try to do what they do because they've already did the hard part of it. But you can't just jump on the bandwagon. They don't realize all the little steps it took to get to that point. 
to make a following, to build something from scratch. Anything worthwhile takes hard work. And when you're working hard, sometimes your feelings are going to be hurt. But that's what the truth of God is there for. When we look at the the situations of the world and we say, God, what's going on? His promises say that I am there for you, that I know the beginning and the end. I have a hope in the future. And we have to cling to that. And, you know, just because we do, just because we pray, just because we believe, you're not always going to feel better right then. Because our circumstances drive us so much. But our feelings doesn't change our truth. And the truth is that God is in control. God is for each and every one of us. And we do have a hope and a future. And God wants the best for us. But it is all part of That we have to play. We all have something to do. We can't just tear everyone else down to make ourselves feel better. We can't just rely on everyone else to take care of everything. We can't rely on everyone else to do the heavy lifting. We all have our part. We are the part of God. We all have a purpose in this world. And God has given it to us all. We are the sons and daughters of the Most High King. But are we acting like it? Are we acting like the princes and princesses? Are we acting like citizens of the kingdom of heaven? Bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house again today, Father. We thank you for your word, Father. We thank you for your encouragement. We thank you for the lessons that you've you've given us, Father. We ask for strength. We ask for courage, Father. We ask for all the things that we need to be strong, to stand up against our own feelings, Father, our own wants, and to have a drive for what you want for us, Father. We ask you to take care of the needs and situation, Father, anyone that needs to, to make a change, Father. They'll please do so today. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.